0: for uh, Larry no My guest tonight
1: is all of you.
0: It's a live mailbag edition via air mail, ground mail, or sea mail. We're on Instagram live and Yeah. 5:01 p.m. 2022 Thank you for everybody who Wrote in with your Amazing questions uh, I'm gonna get to all of them I'm gonna answer some Questions about the Knicks Some questions about Sumo Some questions about football Everything you could possibly answer And if you have a question During the stream Please comment on it All right, folks, Uh, starting with question number one. This comes from Scott. He says, hey, long time caller, first time listener. Well, thanks for listening, Scott. Scott says, okay, hear me out. Dream trade, Ollie Frazier fight 1971, but trade Ollie for Frazier and Frazier for Ollie. Who do you like? Subway series? I'll take my answer out on the veranda. Uh, very polite of you, Scott. Um, and I'm going to yell to the veranda right now. So, first of all, 1971, that was the first of three Ollie Frazier fights. And it wasn't just 1971. It was March 8th, 1971. March 8th is my birthday. So, I was born a on a historic date 11 years after the first Ali Frazier fight. So suppose we make this trade, and you might think, oh, what does that mean? Same fighters. I tend to think of this as we're trading situations. So say Frazier was the, let's say Frazier was the, um, the fighter who had had to give up the championship, had to, when he decided to not, Go into the military and, uh, and not draft dodging. It was a conscientious objecting versus Ali, the new, uh, the new unified heavyweight champ. Um, so in this scenario, it means that Ali would be the defending champ rather than Frazier. Um, you know what? I think it doesn't make a difference. I think Frazier still wins. There's your answer, Scott. Was it a Subway Series? Um, yes, it is a Subway Series because this was in the garden, right? This was in Madison Square Garden, and there are Subways in New York City. Uh, later fights were in, I think one was the Thrilla in Manila. The other one, I'm not sure. All right, anyway, next question comes from Kevin. Kevin asks, Mike Shanahan is a semi-finalist for the NFL Hall of Fame. Does his time in Washington hurt his chances for the Hall? Well, his time in Washington, obviously not very good record. I think only maybe one playoff game and famously hurt RG3, um, who must hate him, I'm sure. Well, I think he's a Hall of Famer. uh, Despite his dismal record in Washington, Mike Shanahan, two Super Bowl wins, uh, the year before his two Super Bowl wins in Denver. He had the best record in the NFL, but the team was famously upset by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think those two Super Bowls are enough to get him into the Hall. If anything is going to prevent him from the Hall of Fame, it's um, it's just his uh, objectionable son. All right, next question comes from Doctor Dimension, aka the Sekiwaki of Seoul, aka Dan Hanf. He says he's got a sumo question. He says, Abi beat Nofuji, Ura beat Abi, and Wakataka Kage beat Ura. And I guess by the transitive property, that would mean Wakataka Kage is the best sumo wrestler there is. Well and then he f- follows up with I don't think Waka's got the U show in him, but can he beat Taro this basho." show? Well, I wouldn't speak so fast. I think Waka's got a good shot at that Yusho, and he can beat Teru, because Teru now, he's the usual with Teru, where he's just kind of exerting every bit of strength he has when everybody's bringing their all to face that Yokozuna, and I think um, Wakataka looks, he looks solid, and he looks stabilized, and he's going to, um, I think he's going to uh, get it done. I got a request... A live request, which I'm going to take right now. Um, this is comes from Eric Hellwig, the host of Bringing the Backups.
1: Eric, what's happening? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm at work, but I want to. I want to answer somebody's question.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Let me. All right, go to the Mike Shanahan question. Do you think Mike Shanahan is a Hall of Famer?
1: Uh, I because he won the two, he won the two at Elway, right? Yeah, yeah. I I think if you win two Super Bowls, I think that's like enough.
0: I think so too. I think he might have been in San Francisco also as an assistant.
1: Um, well, his, I, yeah, I mean, well, his son is. I'm looking up Mike Shanahan career wins right now, right? I mean, I would say like, uh, I don't know if that's just like my. Whatever in my head, I'm like yes, without knowing anything. His career record, he's 178 and 144, eight and six in the postseason, which is okay. But he has two Super Bowls. Right. I think he's. I think he's in.
0: I think he's in too.
1: He's also 69 years old. He's the most hilarious age.
0: You've been. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, hopefully that Hall of Fame ceremony is before he turns 70.
1: Was the guy saying that like he shouldn't be in the? I think I heard the tail end of it before, like, that he was in Washington, so that shouldn't count.
0: (laughs) Uh, I guess because of his career in what His win-loss record in Washington and famously, I guess, injuring RG3. But RG3's career may have just fallen off anyway.
1: Yeah, that dude dude was a train wreck waiting to happen. I mean, dude, Joe Gibbs was, like, already in the Hall of Fame, and then he came back to coach in Washington, and they considered removing him. But it's like, (laughs) it's... (laughs) like Washington does not I feel like it should not count right for any like does Jordan lose cred? It's like there's something like d c unless it's a hockey team, I guess not the baseball team. but like yeah. their basketball and football is just hopeless, and it's always been. so I don't really uh, I don't know. yeah, I, I totally
0: totally agree that it should just <laughs> any time you did in Washington just doesn't count in sports.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let me answer one more, and then I go. I gotta go
0: back to my fucking sure. job. Okay. This is a question from Marcus. He's asking, okay. who, "What's the next team most likely to relocate, and where?"
1: Uh, any sport?
0: Any sport. Now, keep in mind, Marcus, um, friend of the show. He's a Sacramento Kings fan, so maybe he's a little worried about that happening.
1: They don't. I hope that I want Sacramento to stay. I want Sacramento to keep their team. Um, I think that the Rays could relocate to Montreal.
0: Mm, that'd be a fun uh, one.
1: Um, I think I would love if the, I, it's not going to happen, but I would love if the Los Angeles Chargers went back to San Diego. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville could be in London. <laughs> I'm trying to think Buff, of baseball.
0: Buffalo, Toronto.
1: Yeah, that's possible. I think I think Nashville's going to get a baseball team yeah. in the next, like, five years. Um,
0: I think uh, one that's probably likely to – go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say I bet there's some baseball teams that are going to move um, because I think Vegas wants a team. I think Nashville wants a team. And I think those cities – like, San Antonio wants a team. Like, there's a lot of options, and there's a lot of baseball cities that, like, seem to not – care about their team currently. So, I think I think baseball would be the next sport to have teams relocate.
0: Okay. The other one I'd bring up is uh the Arizona Coyotes.
1: Oh like, yeah, dude, their stadium deal is horrible. Right. Like, I think it, they have to it, change
0: like arenas every year or something.
1: Yeah. Dude, the and and it's so stupid to have a team playing hockey in Arizona. It makes me right. mad it does. every time the Lightning are in the finals, I'm like this is an embarrassment. I think I've I've always maintained that the southernmost team in the NHL should be like the Washington Capitals. Right. Nothing south of, everything south of that is an abomination. Yeah. Like if if if, if your climate doesn't naturally see ice ever, you should not have a hockey team.
0: Right, right. You have to have at least one game where you don't need any freezing supplies where you could just play outside.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or just, like, help out with, like, f- fuck, give, where did, why doesn't Hartford have a team anymore? Yeah. Uh, what? If, put a team back in Connecticut. They need something. Yeah. Like, U- UConn, bas- UConn women's basketball can only get you so far. You need, like, something in that state to, like, you know, make you not want to kill yourself.
0: Right. Something besides just being the highway that goes from New York to Boston.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a
0: bridge. And it's, it's an exactly. awesome... What an awesome team name, the Hartford Whalers.
1: I know, man. Yeah. I like, I like, I like old defunct hockey teams have some of the coolest, like, uh, I don't know, like history that I like to like go in and just research and find out about. I was I was looking into the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies the other day. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, Memphis like wore their throwbacks a couple years ago, and it like I I think I just love old shitty '90s jerseys. Yeah. I feel like the Grizzlies might've been like anything in Canada. I like any Canadian team that left. I'm fascinated. And I, I want Canada to get all their teams back and I want all the U S players to have to deal with those currency issues. That's what I want.
0: <laughs> so we should, okay. So expansion team in, in the NBA in Vancouver, cause we yeah. like Memphis deserves a team. They're, they're a good city for that. Um, the coyotes should move to, to Hartford. And maybe
1: oh, sure. or, or, or they can go like Quebec Quebec
0: is the other one that lost the team Nord, like
1: the Quebec Nordiques. Yeah, yeah. They, they should get their team back.
0: OK, Arizona to Quebec. It's just straight diagonal line.
1: Arizona to Quebec. I would put the Rays back in Montreal because I love those. I love the Expos. And mm-hmm. I think that's a team again. And then I would uh, I'm trying to think what other ba- what other baseball team would I move? Mm, uh, the Marlins, the, the Marlins could go. People I know.
0: Miami the has Marlins. the shittiest fans in like all sports. No,
1: know. You know, even the Heat. Like, there's nothing more infuriating than watching a Heat playoff game where half the fucking crowd isn't even there in the yes. first quarter. You're like, what is this? You're in the playoffs and it's like half empty. It's a joke.
0: And when they famously all left in that Ray Allen game.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's, it's embarrassing. So yeah, I would take away all of Miami's teams
0: (laughs) and move them to Canada or, or Nashville in baseball,
1: (laughs) Nashville or Canada. Um, yeah, that's my answer. I got, I got to get back to work. All right. I just just wanted to say what's up.
0: Cool. Great to see you as always. Thanks for stopping by.
1: Yeah, man. I'll see you soon. Later.
0: (sighs) Thank you. That's Eric Helwig. Of course you can listen to his pod, bring in the backups. Um, and let's go to our next question. This comes from Tim. He, Tim is a marathon runner and he's asking me, who are you thrilled about coming into the Berlin marathon? And, um, I think it's illegal to do a sports show and look up, do some Googling. I have to just go off the top of the head. And, uh, unfortunately I don't know the names of any marathoners except Tim Thompson. So Tim. Tim. I'm picking you to win the Berlin Marathon, all right? Enter, run it, and then come on the show to talk about marathoning. Um, I'm going to follow up a bit on... No, I think we answered Marcus's question. The Arizona Coyotes are the team to to move. All right, we got a question from The Heightner, Julia. Julia asks, Larry, what are your opinions on the World Games and floorball? Do you think Latvia has a chance? Great question, Julia. Um, the World Games, in case anybody doesn't know, it's like the uh, the stepchild to the Olympics. It's all the games that can't make it into the Olympics, such as sumo wrestling, such as korfball, um, which has been discussed on the show, uh, roller hockey, and now floorball. Floorball if you look up pictures of floorball, it looks very much like floor hockey. I guess maybe some sort of special ball or six. I don't know if the rules are any different from floor hockey. I think it's basically floor hockey. So that being said, do you think Latvia has a chance? I'm going to say no for two reasons. One is, um, I think both Finland and the U.S. are in the competition for the Floorball World Games Championships. And in America, even though hockey is not very popular, a lot of people play floor hockey in gym class. So I would imagine the, the Americans have a good team. Finland, of course, a Scandinavian country where their ice hockey is huge and you, you add in... Any lots of lots of lots of athletes in Finland are going to be playing hockey, and if they don't make the NHL, they could compete in floorball in the world games. So I don't think Latvia has a chance. But more importantly than that, Latvia is the home of one Kristaps Porzingis. A, a basketball player drafted by the Knicks, who hated it here, forced his way out in a trade, and uh has moved on to just basically suck for the rest of his career. And he deserves all the scorn in the world from Knicks fans and all NBA fans. He's now with the Washington Wizards and they're terrible because of him. So fuck him and fuck his country. So sorry, all Latvians, I'm judging you by Kristaps Porzingis. So no, because of Chris Steps, you don't have a chance in floorball. Julia says, "Shout out to my friend Vince Faso, who is a floorball ref touring the country currently." Wow, Julia comments, "Is is Vince a um, is he refing the World Games? That's that's pretty cool that you know a floorball ref. I uh, I may hit you up to get get this guy on the show." Uh, and darn, thanks for the update. Better luck next time, Latvia. Yeah, Latvia's not getting any love. But congrats to your friend, Vince Faso, who is refing the World games in floorball. I'll have to pick his brain to hear all about what it takes to ref floorball and who's, who are the best floorball players in the world. All right, the next question comes from, uh, this is from someone named Brian Pacman who commented, he said, what do you make of the Summer League Knicks? Ah, oh, great question, Brian. I, you know, I'm a big uh, Knicks fan and I've been watching all of the Summer League games and the Summer League Knicks have been outstanding until after the first quarter last night against Portland. Unfortunately, they started playing sloppy and giving up lots of points and, not, and more, actually more so they weren't really able to score with the prowess that they had been. Lost the game, but they're 2-1. and one, Still have a chance of making the Summer League playoffs and therefore winning the championship. So here's the thing about the Knicks in Summer League. There are really three players who've caught my eye and caught everybody else's eye. Honorable mention is um, uh, Deuce Miles McBride. Actually, it's Miles Deuce McBride. Anyway, McBride... Great hounding defense, offense a little shaky. He's kind of, you know, everything we kind of expected him to be. He's, I don't think he's kind of earned his way onto the main roster, even though I think he's really good. And if, um, if Derek Rose is injured, I'd be happy to see Miles McBride play. So Miles McBride, kind of the same spot. He'll be maybe playing some G League games, probably not in the rotation. Trevor Keels, recent draft pick. Uh, Looks fine. Um, Showing a lot of nice signs. I think he'll... But not really changing any outlook for the season. Trevor Keels will be mostly playing in the G League. Probably, unless things change dramatically, will not be playing for the big club much this year. Then you got Jericho Sims. As of now, he's the third-string center, but he's been unbelievable in uh, in Summer League this year. He, Jericho Sims, he's putting the ball on the floor, which we haven't seen a center in New York do. Amazab- amazing verticality, amazing, um, even some passing skills. He's got a fair number of assists, uh, great hands by the rim. A lot of the stuff that Mitchell Robinson does, but... Uh, you know, and is a uh, n- not on defense. He's not able to block shots like Mitch, but he is able to um, to. He's he's a lob threat the way Mitch is, and some pretty good defense. Um, and uh, I I I would like to see him get minutes somehow. I unfortunately don't think that's going to happen with Mitch and Hartenstein in front of it. Then you've got. Farron Hunt, a very interesting one. He's on a two-way contract with the Knicks at SMU. This is his second year. He only played two ga- in two games last year. Um, so he's probably not going to be in the rotation to the start of the year. But he's played really well, um, showed a lot of different skills. And here's the thing with Summer League is obviously you can't overreact to Summer League. But Summer League can confirm or deny the existence of a skill set, and you could see which skills a player has in his back. Um, I mean, we see that with Chet, right? I mean, Chet looks unbelievable, and you could really see the offensive threat that he is. Uh, and I know Paolo Banquero has been amazing as well, and supposedly his size, he just jumps off the... He, like, jumps... When you see him in person, he just jumps out at you. Um, I still... I see... The incredible ceiling of Chet, and I would have taken Chet number one. Okay, back to Fahrenheit. Hunt is six foot eight, and so he's a big wing that's, uh, and a big wing with a big wingspan. A really desired skill in the NBA and um, worth monitoring because if this is any sign of what he's to be then maybe he could become part of the rotation and a really valuable player in the NBA. Wings who can shoot threes and defend, very valuable. If they have size like Farron Hunt does. Similar to Cam Reddish, who I hope makes it into the rotation. Okay, the real breakout star for the Knicks this summer league has been Quentin Grimes, who has retaken number six for the Knicks. Number six used to be the number of the aforementioned Chris Porzingis. Okay. Quentin Grimes, one of the leading scorers in summer league, probably going to make the first team summer league, all summer league team. If, uh, if the Knicks make it to the playoffs in summer league and do well there, I think he's got a chance at being summer league MVP, which uh, should that happen. I'm going to talk more about that a bit later as I want to uh, highlight some of the other players who have been summer league MVP and, see what that kind of means for his trajectory. Quentin Grimes has been kind of playing point guard. He's been scoring, as we've mentioned. Uh, shooting three is an okay rate, but more importantly, he's um, he looks like he's he could be a primary, and he's excellent, de- excellent defensively, just excellent on-court awareness. That kind of player... Um, very valuable wing, very ba- valuable three and D wing who could possibly play, make a little bit starts to beg the question, does he deserve to be in the starting lineup ahead of Evan Fournier? Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen to start the year, but it'll be an interesting battle to watch. And I would like to see him get that planning playing time. And I would, as much as I like Fournier, if he could be traded, trading Evan Fournier gives you the benefit of then creating space for either Miles McBride or Cam Reddish in the rotation. So, um, you know, an added benefit if say Randall and Fournier's contracts were combined to make room for another player. All right. So that's where I am on the summer league. Knicks uh, very impressed with Quentin Grimes. I think, I, I think the ceiling's pretty high on him. Uh, and the floor is pretty high, too. Um, it, or the floor is high, I'll say. There's, there's you know, I, probably the most likely outcome is he's just... He's an average player. Uh, a, a helpful player in a rotation on a playoff team and on a championship team. But there's um, there are signs of an outcome where he is an all-star level player. So, something to keep an eye on. I think... And if you look at the the pedigree of Quentin Grimes, he was, I think, a top 10 recruit in his high school class, recruited to Kansas, you know, one of the blue bloods of college basketball. Unfortunately, didn't do so, like didn't really get playing time there. It didn't go well for whatever reason. Entered the transfer portal, went to Houston, where he became a 3 and D wing. By the way, he was recruited as a point guard. He's six, as a 6'5 point guard. Became a 3 and D wing, which um, has kind of defined his role so far, but we're seeing this Summer League some of those point guard skills. The, the, the point of this is that he's got, you know, kind of the, the backing and the pedigree of an all-star level player and maybe showing some things. Again, can't overreact to Summer League, but good to see. All right, that's where the Knicks are. Next game's Thursday night. I'm gonna plug um, tomorrow, Dr. Dimension and I will be doing a live Chanko Nabe special, where we make and eat Chanko Nabe while we talk about sumo wrestling. So stay tuned for that. And of course you could follow me on Instagram or Twitter or any of the likes at Larry the Athlete. You could subscribe to Larry Know Sports wherever you get your podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams and may the rest of your days be days of thunder.